I want to invite you to be a part of what God is doing here at Lakeside in worship and praise. So this morning, it's with keen delight that the Lakeside Assembly of God Choir introduces and presents to you a celebration of praise. Amen. Amen. Are you ready to praise the Lord? Worship is our highest calling. Think of it. There'll never be any preaching. There'll never be any praying in heaven. But we'll praise our Lord throughout all of eternity. So sing along with us this morning as we experience celebration of praise.
how about these girls? Ah, give them a hand. God bless you, girls. Amen. Follow Miss Becky. There you go. God bless you. Amen. Follow Miss Becky. There you go. Beautiful. Beautiful. Ah, praise the Lord for the kids of Lakeside Assembly of God who are growing up in the faith because of you and because of our God's great mercy. Let me ask you a question. What one word, what one word is the same in every language? You've got it. Hallelujah. And what does hallelujah mean? Praise ye the Lord. That's right. Hallelujah is not a question mark. Hallelujah is a command. We're not suggested to praise the Lord. We're commanded to praise the Lord. Praise is commanded because God needs to be buttered up. No, your faith needs building up. That's it. Praise is the key to an overcoming faith. Psalms 34 verse 3 says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt His name together. Hey, anytime you focus on your problems, anytime you magnify your problems, it does nothing but enlarge them upon your life. <laughs> well, praise and worship magnifies the problem solver, our God, uh, who cannot and who will never fail us. Praise is a dress rehearsal for eternity. If you're uncomfortable this morning with the praise and worship, you're going to have a real hard time in heaven. Praise. Think about it. You can say it. You can sing it. You can share it. You can shout it. You can even strum it on an acoustic guitar. The important thing is to start it. So from the mountains to the valleys, let's lift up our voices. Let's sing hallelujah. Praise ye the Lord. Amen.
God's Word says that after ten lepers, ten lepers were healed by Jesus, how many came back to thank Him and worship the Lord? Just one. Jesus even asked, were not ten healed? Where are the other nine? Isn't anyone else going to give glory to God for what He has done? Luke 17, verse 12 says, And Jesus said unto him, Arise, go thy way. Your faith hath made thee whole. I want you to notice two powerful truths here. Jesus notices, God notices our lack of thankfulness. Secondly, ten lepers were healed but only one was made whole. Only one was made whole. Real praise always includes thanksgiving. Psalms 100 tells us, enter His gates with thanksgiving and enter His courts with praise. If you want to enter the presence of the Lord, you must enter with thanksgiving. Do you love to sing His praises? Oh, let's sing it together. I love to sing your praises.
Here's the truth. But there's nothing sweeter to me than to join with harmony with my brothers and sisters singing praise to our King. Sing your praise, Lord. Oh, I love the sound of your name. Come on. It fills me with peace. Watches over me like a sweet what church should be all about. Listen, the Bible shares how Jesus went to a dinner party. A dinner party that was hosted by a religious leader of his day by the name of Simon. But Simon, you see, did not show the common courtesies of the day. He didn't kiss Jesus on the cheek like you Italians do. He didn't wash Jesus' feet. That was a common courtesy of the day. And guess what? Jesus noticed it. But then, in the middle of the party, a party crasher, a party crasher came in. She was a known adulteress. She washed Jesus' feet with her tears, wiped them dry with her hair, and then anointed Jesus with exquisite, expensive perfume. It didn't matter what people thought. Her only goal was to get to Jesus. Then Jesus had something to say to Simon. In Luke chapter 7, verse 44, Jesus said, Do you see this woman? Simon, I came into your house. You didn't give me any water for my feet. But she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You didn't give me a kiss, 
But this woman, from the time I entered, has not stopped kissing my feet. You didn't put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven. For she loved much. I said she loved much. But he who has been forgiven little, loves little. You see, Simon knew all about religion, but he didn't know how to touch the heart of God. He didn't know how to touch God through worship. Worship is the key to intimacy with Jesus. It doesn't matter if that worship comes from old-time religion church or old-time gospel church or from some fancy contemporary church. It doesn't matter if you sing out of a hymn book or you sing from the video screen. It doesn't matter if it's a pipe organ, a full band, or just an unplugged acoustic guitar. I said it doesn't matter if it's a cathedral or a fancy worship center in the burbs or a jungle hut church in Africa. It doesn't matter if the preacher is wearing ecclesiastical black robes, a suit and a tie, or wearing shorts, t-shirt, and a sandal. What matters is this, is God there? Is God there? Is God there? And God will come when hearts are really, really, really hungry for Him. Restores my life So I'll 
we must recognize that when we press into the presence of the Lord with praise and worship, you don't come to a feeble, hard of hearing, gray-haired old man that's sitting in the rocking chair of heaven, wringing his hands, wondering what he's going to do next with planet Earth. No, you come. You come, you come to the one who spoke all of existence. He spoke the universe into being with just a word. Just a word. He's so awesome that when he stepped down on Mount Sinai, the Bible declares that the mountain melted with a fervent heat at the presence of the Lord. And when he spoke, it was greater than thunder, and the people cried out to Moses, Don't let God speak to us. We can't bear it. He's the King of kings. He's the Lord of lords. Yet think of it, when He visited our planet as a carpenter's son from Nazareth, what does he do? He heals the sick, the lame walk, the blind see. He feeds the multitudes. He blesses the little children. He walks upon the waters in his presence. People are set free from demons. Storms are stilled. Lives are changed. Will you come into his presence this morning? Will you let the Lord wrap his arms round about you? Will you discover that in his presence is fullness? of joy. In and out of situations 
Doubts can interfere. 
praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. There is nothing. I said there is nothing like His sweet presence. Do all that you can to ask the Lord to give you a new passion to press into His presence. In His presence, there is fullness of joy. Amen? But His presence is not just about peace. It's not just about comfort. It's not just about rest. Sometimes, sometimes His presence is all about the glory. <laughs> Do you love the glory this morning? Amen. Here we stand with our hands up high. Glory to God. Give us a reason to testify. Glory to God. Come break the chains, break down the wall. Glory to God. We want to feel it when the spirit falls. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. 
it just hurts to think about singing that high. <laughs> my, my, my. Praise the Lord. Let the glory come down. And that's just what Paul and Silas needed. That dark night, that midnight hour, that devil's hour in that Philippian dungeon where they had been tortured, where they had been set and left to rot. But I believe that they recalled the words of Jesus. It's the theme verse for our mountain movers faith emphasis. I believe that Paul remembered that Jesus said, if you have faith, you could speak to this mountain. Move, and it shall move, and nothing shall be impossible to you. You see, the devil thought that he had them beat. But what did they do? I said, what did they do? They began to pray. And then they begin to praise the Lord. <laughs> they begin to speak to their mountain of need in prayer. They pressed on in the name of Jesus in praise and worship. And the Lord brought a mighty earthquake and set them free. And most importantly, God set free the souls of the jailer and his family. Listen, when the doctor says that the test results have come back, positive press on keep pressing on in praise and worship when you lose your job and you don't know how you're going to pay the bills press on press on in praise press on in worship when the hurt goes so deep that you feel like giving up throwing in the towel press on Keep trusting the Lord. Press on in praise. And even when the very forces of hell attack your life, your marriage, your family, rise up, stand up, speak to your mountain of, of need. Speak in praise and worship. Press on. Don't give up. Today, if you're facing mountains, today, if you're in a mountain of need, at a certain point in the song that we're just about to sing, I'll interrupt and I'll say, stand up. And you stand up. If you're facing a mountain, if you're facing an impossibility, if you're confronted by a satanic point of resistance, a stronghold, stand up and begin to receive from God. And not only pray, but lift up your hands and begin to praise Him who's the mountain mover in your life. Expect that mountain to be moved. Expect that wall of Jericho to come down. If you don't believe, don't stand up. If you don't have any problems right now, if you don't have any mountain of need, don't stand up. But if you do, if you believe, then receive. And stand up at that point in the song. And, and I'll tell you when to do it. You see, I want you to stop telling God how big your mountain is and start telling your mountain how big your God is. That He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. Let's press on. Let's press on. Let's press on in praise and worship.
determined as the people of God, as the household of faith, as the body of Christ, Lord, to press on for you. Lord, we won't let go of that which you have called us to. Lord, we're going to continue to walk the walk and talk the talk that Jesus might receive all the glory. The enemy of our soul would like to afflict us with depression disillusionment, doubt, disappointment, discouragement, a spirit of divorce. But we come against that in the name of Jesus. We speak to our mountain and we declare that our God is greater. For greater is He that's within us 
than he that's within this world. In the name of Jesus, I pronounce victory in each one that is standing determined to press on in praise, to press on in worship, to press on in faith in our Lord. In the name of Jesus, we pray it. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's press on. In John chapter 4, verse 24, Jesus said, God is a spirit. And they that worship Him, worship Him in spirit and in truth. Real worship is a response to a revelation of who our God really is. A pastor was walking through the Sunday school rooms of his church and noticed a little girl drawing a picture. And the pastor asked the little girl, Honey, what are you drawing? She says, I'm drawing a picture of God. The pastor, with consternation, looked at her and said, Dear one, nobody knows what God looks like. She said, When I'm done, they will. Who is your God? Who is He? Your level of praise, your level of worship will be proportionate to how you see your God. I remind you that the one we worship is not the old man upstairs. I remind you He is not some mystical Confucius. He's not some angry Allah. He's not some fat-bellied Buddha sitting in heaven. Who is he? He's El Shaddai, the Almighty One. He's Jehovah Jireh, our provider. He's Jehovah Rophe, our healer. He's Jehovah Nisi, the Lord, our victory, more than all powerful. He's all loving. And in his awesome presence, with the angels, all that we can do in his awesome presence is cry, Holy, 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 will you sing holy unto our Lord? Everlasting Father 
Remain standing, choir, Don, Cindy. Your pastor's sensing a change in direction from the script. I'm sensing a powerful, powerful, healing, miraculous presence of the Lord here this morning that God wants to do something just awesome in your life. There are folks already down here at the altar. I want you without any compulsion, without any pressure, I want to invite you to come down to this altar right now. I want you to stand before the presence of the Lord. I want you to fill up the aisleways. I want you to fill up the stairways. Come, 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 even right now. Come, I want to invite you. God is here. God is here. The Lord is wanting to do something in individual lives. He's wanting to do something in broken bodies. He's wanting to do something in marriages and families, even now, in His presence. Uh, you've tried. Uh, you've tried the specialist. You've tried the expert. But God is calling you right now to come into His presence. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 declares, Ye are a chosen generation. Ye are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar, special people. For you have been called out of darkness into His marvelous light that you may show forth the praises of the Lord. Hallelujah. Maybe for too long you've been carrying a burden. Maybe for too long you've been carrying a problem. The Lord is calling you right now to stand with the angels. What a day that will be when we stand shoulder to shoulder with the angels. What a day that will be when we sing with the angels. I want you to think about it. Let your spirit, let your spirit take flight right now. What a day that will be when we will soar with the angels and stand before that throne, the throne of God. The Holy Scriptures declare, I, John, your brother, in the companion, in the suffering, in the patient endurance that are ours in Jesus. I, John, was on the Isle of Patmos because of the Word of God and the testimony of Jesus. On the Lord's day, I was in the Spirit and I heard behind me a voice like a trumpet I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me, his head and his hair were white as snow and his eyes were like blazing fire. His voice was like the sound of many rushing waters. His face was like the sun shining in all of its brilliance. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he said, fear not. Fear not, I am the first and the last. I was he that lived and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. And I have the keys of hell and death and the grave. And I looked and behold, a throne was set in heaven. And one sat on the throne, and from the throne came lightning uh, and rumblings and peals of thunder. And then I looked, and I heard the voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands, ten times ten thousand, and they circled the throne. And in a loud voice they sang, 
worthy. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth, wisdom and strength, honor and glory and praise. And then I heard what sounded like a great multitude, like the roar of rushing waters shouting, Hallelujah! For the Lord God Almighty reigns. Let us be glad and give Him glory, for behold, He is coming soon. And the Spirit and the Bride say, Come. And let him who hears say, Come. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. And then I saw heaven standing open, and there was before me a white horse whose rider is called Faithful and True. His eyes are like blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns. His name is the Word of God, and on his robe, and on his thigh, he has this name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords.
Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You're never closer to heaven than when you worship. Hebrews chapter 12 lets us know that the church is more than the church here on earth, but there's a heavenly church in heaven right now. Their praise, their worship is pure. We've been taught by man. They have been taught by angels. When you worship, you slip into the stream of eternity. There will not be any preaching in heaven. There won't be any teaching or witnessing in heaven. No ministry in heaven. That is done. But we will worship for all eternity. Worship releases the presence and the power of God in His people. As we stand shoulder to shoulder with the heavenly church, we see clearer. Our faith is stronger. We begin expecting mountains to move. We can receive as we believe. I know we've already prayed for one another this morning, but I want to close this, this time. I want to close this service with us praying for one another again. Prayer not only changes circumstances, prayer changes us. The time of prayer is power. The place of prayer is power. The people of prayer are a people of power. There are terrible needs here at this altar this morning. The enemy, like the Bible says, is, is like a lion seeking whom he may devour. I have a dear young lady down here at this altar, a dear wife whose husband has been in the hospital since the first of the year. They need a mountain-moving miracle. And if God can do it for Matt Mills, God can do it again. Amen? Praise the Lord. He's a thief. He's a liar. One who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Our praise, our worship, our prayer releases the love and the power of Jesus into, into needs that counselors, specialists, experts, the psychoanalysts, they cannot unravel. His Spirit can do it in a moment. What you have been trying to get done for years. He's the healer of broken hearts. He is the healer of broken marriages and families. He is here this morning. Draw nigh unto Him and He'll draw nigh unto you. Worse than physical problems, worse than relational problems. There are those here this morning that have an unsaved loved one. They have someone that has not yet yielded their heart to Jesus. So, as of yet, they're not, they're not redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. They've been forgiven at the cross, but they have not accepted their redemption price, the shed blood of Jesus Christ. 
and they're on a highway to hell. We've been singing about the glory of heaven, but it would, it would, it would be selfish on our part to rejoice on that day of days and we have not prayed for souls to be clutched as burning brands out of the fire, clutched out of the clutches of the enemy and seen them born again. How many at this altar, how many out there in the pews, you've got an unsaved loved one, an unsaved family member that needs to come to faith. There, there we go. There we go. There we go. Amen. Turn to your right. Turn to your left. And I want you, we're going to close this prayer by beginning to pray one for another in the name of Jesus. Ideally, men praying for men, women praying for, for women, spouses praying for spouses this morning. Amen. Let's pray one for another. Parents with children, amen. Pray one for another. Find somebody, find somebody to pray with this morning and begin to speak the goodness of God upon them. Begin to speak and confess blessing upon them. Begin to speak healing upon them in the name of Jesus.